Welcome to One Thin Dime, a comic book podcast focusing on the golden and early silver ages of comics. I'm your host, Sammy, aka the Comic Book Kid. The purpose of this podcast is to highlight those characters and origins who may not be as well known outside of comic fandom, but are significant to the history of the medium. Each episode, I choose a comic with a caveat that the original cover price was 10 cents. Remember, any characters I discuss on this podcast are the sole copyright of their respective owners. So, with no further ado, let's check out what's on the shelves of the old five and dime for my slamming seventh episode. Imagine a time before Superman or Batman. A moment in comic book history that superpowers, crossovers, or super teams as we know them didn't exist quite yet. The Roaring Twenties had been replaced by economic collapse, resulting in the Great Depression. The newly elected President Franklin Delano Roosevelt had taken office with his New Deal and a long list of alphabet agencies. This is the world where the comic book industry would originate. After the success of Maxwell Gaines' famous funnies, many publishers began experimenting in this burgeoning medium of packaging newspaper comic strips into a single book format. One such entrepreneur was Major Malcolm Wheeler Nicholson of National Allied Publishing, but with one distinct difference. The Major set out to publish new comic material for his magazines. National Allies' first foray would be New Fun, the big comic magazine, followed by Adventure Comics, and finally Detective Comics. Detective Comics would fit perfectly into a world where prohibition and organized crime dominated the news headlines, while also pulling from the noir fiction of the pulp magazines. It would be Detective Comics number one, cover dated March 1937, with cover by artist and editor Vin Sullivan, that would debut a hard-boiled detective character named Slam Bradley. Slam would feature in Detective Comics from issues 1 to 152, October 1949. Bradley would be based in Cleveland originally, but would later take his brand of justice to New York City in later adventures. Slam was the guy that got called in on the tough cases. Everything from crime rings to stage magicians to aliens. He even had an assistant, not a sidekick. That would be a little bit later in Detective, in the form of Shorty Morgan. Unlike the hard-boiled slam, Shorty would be more of a sunny-side-up, pun intended, providing humor to the strip. Well, with that said, let's travel back to look at Slam Bradley's debut in Detective Comics number 1 in the first appearance flashback. Before I begin the flashback, I feel that I need to provide a disclaimer. Slam Bradley, much like many comic characters and stories, is a product of a past era. The original story contains numerous examples of racist dialogue. The purpose of my podcast is to explore the history of the chosen character. That history is not always pleasing or acceptable, but it is the story nonetheless. My source for this issue is Detective Comics number 1, Copyright DC Comics, March 1937. I actually had to splice this story together using the websites Scans Daily and Ultra Boy 8888. 
Our story begins with a large splash of our protagonist brawling with four men. The brawl is broken up by the police, afterwards informing Slam that he's needed down at the station. At the precinct, Bradley, still in the torn shirt from his fight, is introduced to Rita Carlyle, a young socialite who is in need of someone to protect her prized poodle, Mimi. That's right. She wants Slam for doggy duty. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Slam violently refuses. While Slam, Rita, and the chief are in the office, Shorty Morgan explains to the telephone operator that he has been studying scientific deduction in order to become Slam's partner. Morgan wants to impress Slam, so he takes the job to guard Mimi, at Slam's suggestion, of course. After seeing Rita enter an antique shop but not exit, Shorty quickly realizes that something is wrong and contacts Bradley. After roughing up the shop owner, Slam forces him to reveal the secret passage to an underground tunnel. The man tells Slam that Rita is being held by the gang's ruthless leader. After a series of events to elude the guards, including dousing Shorty in luminescent paint to play a ghost, Slam swings into action, battling the leader and his minions, losing another shirt in the process. This guy goes through more shirts than the Hulk. Slam rescues Rita, turning the gang's leaders over to the police. After congratulating Shorty on his work and taking him on as a partner, the still shirtless Slam kisses Rita in true Hollywood fashion. After several days, Rita hopes to see Slam again, but he tells her, Shorty and I love trouble, but not women trouble. See you again, maybe. And that, dear listeners, is how the comic book audience was introduced to Slam Bradley. But who originated this tale of our two-fisted detective? Let's step over to the creator corner. Slam Bradley was scripted by Jerry Siegel with art by Joe Schuster. But unlike their original concept of a certain man from Krypton later, Slam was specifically requested by publisher Major Malcolm Wheeler Nicholson. In a letter to Siegel dated May 13, 1936, the Major had outlined the character of Slam, name and all, that he wanted for the Detective Comics launch. Wheeler Nicholson himself had a history of creating fictional characters and writing. Before founding National Publishing, Nicholson started writing for the magazine Modern Cavalry, as well as pinning the Western novel Death at the Corral. By 1922, he added writing for the Pulps, Adventure, and Argosy to his resume. Pulp magazines were a popular and cheap form of entertainment from around 1896 to the early 1950s. Unlike the glossy, slick paper that was found in most magazines, the pulps would use cheap wood pulp paper, to which they derived their name. Pulps were well known for their lurid and somewhat exploitive fiction stories, but despite being considered as low-quality literature, they would be the forerunner of our modern comics, including tales of Flash Gordon, The Shadow, and Doc Savage. The pulps would be an inspiration for many soon-to-be comic book creators. In 1925, the major formed Wheeler Nicholson, Inc., 
distributing his work on the comic strip adaptation of Robert Louis Stevenson's Treasure Island. As previously mentioned, it was the success of Famous Funnies that spurred Wheeler Nicholson to get into the comic book industry with New Fun. New Fun would be a tabloid-sized magazine. The book included a variety of features, including the funny animal Paleon and Asa, and the college humor story Jigger and Ginger, as well as the adventure-based strips Jack Woods and Barry O'Neill. Wheeler Nicholson would even edit the fifth issue of the series after editor Lloyd Jaquette left National Allied to become art director for another company. See the creator corner of my Imperious sixth episode for a bit more on Jaquette. Recently, DC Comics reprinted New Fun in its entirety to commemorate their 85th anniversary. Though the major was on the cusp of the new comic book industry, he was constantly plagued by financial issues. Slam's first appearance in Detective Comics was even distributed three months late due to his debt to the printing plant owner and independent news distributor, Harry Donenfeld. Wheeler Nicholson would take Donenfeld on as a partner in order to get Detective's first issue published. Through a series of Tammany Hall shenanigans on Donenfeld's part and Nicholson's continued financial problems, the major would sell the publishing business to Donenfeld and his accountant, Jack Leibowitz. Wheeler Nicholson would continue writing war stories, as well as articles on politics and the military, but he never really returned to comics. So, this is how our hard-nosed detective came to be in the pages of Detective Comics, but does Slam Bradley have a presence in comics following his golden age? Let's look at a section I've retitled, Titanic Timeline. After his run in the early issues of Detective Comics, Slam Bradley wouldn't appear in the title until issue 500, cover dated March 1981, in the story Too Many Crooks, Caper, by Lynn Wein and Jim Aparo. Slam would guest in Detective 572, March 1987, for the book's 50th anniversary in the Doomsday Book, teaming Bradley with Batman, the Elongated Man, and Sherlock Holmes? In the 90s, Slam, or Slam Jr. in this case, would swap superhero dance partners to become a character in the Superman titles, working with the Metropolis PD. The senior Bradley was set to appear in Tim Truman's 1998 Guns of the Dragon miniseries, along with aged versions of Batlash and Enemy Ace, before editorial disputes put the slam, pun intended, on that idea. He'd be, re be replaced with Biff Bradley, a never-before-mentioned brother. The 2000s would have Slam return to the pages of Detective Comics. Slam would be retconned in Ed Brubaker and Darwin Cook's Trial of Catwoman story in issues 759 to 762 of Detective. At one point, Slam Jr. would return to become a significant character in issues 53 to 55 of the third volume of Catwoman's ongoing series. Jumping one year later from the previous issues, Slam Jr. would become a romantic interest for the feline femme fatale, as well as the father of Selena's daughter, Helena Kyle. While the bat's away, I guess. Darwin Cook would continue to use Slam in both his classic 2004 DC The New Frontier story, as well as issue 5 of Solo, 
June 2005. Paul Dini revives Slam once more in a flashback for his Heart of Hush storyline in Detective Comics 846-850, portraying Bradley as the lead detective in the murder of Tommy Elliott's father. Additionally, Slam would appear in Legends of the Dark Knight, Issue 5, cover dated April 2013, for an out-of-continuity story helping Batman clear his name for a murder charge. Bradley would most recently appear in the Milestone Detective Comics 1000, March 2019, where he and other DC detectives induct Batman into the Guild of Detection. Slam Bradley definitely has a long and twisty story in the comics, but is this the only place that our daring detective shows up? Hmm, maybe we should look at some mixed media. Unlike his comic history, Slam doesn't have much of a storied filmography. The Warner Animation adaptation of Darwin Cook's DC The New Frontier would feature Bradley. Like the comic form of the story, Slam would be the partner to Detective John Jones, secretly the Martian Manhunter. The most recent appearance for any version of Bradley was the CW's Batwoman in the Season 1, Episode 10, How Queer Everything Is Today, airing on January 19, 2020. He was portrayed by actor Kurt Zarka. In this incarnation, Slam would show up as a young GCPD officer who's mistakenly hyped as the love interest of Batwoman by social media outlets, resulting in Batwoman officially revealing that she's a lesbian superhero. Well, it's back to work for me. I just heard there's a cleanup on aisle three. Slam Bradley definitely has a place in DC history. He is a product of a bygone age, but he could still prove to be an amazing character in the right creative hands. Personally, I think Slam would be a great candidate for one of the DC animated shorts that have been attached to the recent direct market features. Hey, the creature Commando's got one. Why not our hard-boiled hero? I hope you enjoyed my look at the history of Slam Bradley. If you like the podcast, please leave me feedback on your podcatcher of choice or just simply tell a friend. I appreciate any creative comments that can better the show for my listeners. Join me next week as I choose a new character for what I'm calling my elliptical eighth episode. And just remember, all these adventures were once available for one thin dime. Thanks for listening.